Okay, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name is Ebony, and this is another DMT Express with that 15 minutes less on the top of this trendy journey on my heart and mind. And well, today, I'm back for day 16 of Black History Month, so you know it's on my heart, it's on my mind, and I am ready to go. Today, I am talking about black cartoons, particularly talking about the ones that brought the dopeness and evolution to the way we see things. So today I'm going to be focusing, I'm going to go from like the most recent one back to the one that started off for me. I'm talking the boondocks, I'm talking the proud family, and then I'm going to end talking about baby's kids. So let's strap in, jump in and join in on this fun. Let's go. I'm not a prophet, but sometimes I have prophetic dreams, like the one where I was at a garden party. Excuse me, everyone, I have a brief announcement to make. Jesus was black, Ronald Reagan was the devil, and the government is lying about 9-11. Thank you for your time, and good night. So, the boondocks, the boondocks, the boondocks. This was and still is a controversial show. And so, why do I care? Why did it have an impact at all? Well, most people don't happen to know that the boondocks, the cartoon, actually started from a comic strip. So, before the Boondocks was an animated hit series and and was doing all this great stuff in a new medium, I remember opening up my Sunday comics and reading this reel, and it's called the Boondocks. So this was just a different take on things, and so I want to talk about it because, well, I. Man, I, I don't know how people feel about it, but I know it's had an impact on quite a few different shows. Uh, whether that be about um, uh, Black Jesus, all these other shows. Uh, this cartoon is as social commentary as you could get. And so you got to love it. You got to love it. So some great awesome names that were attached to this show. Regina King uh, plays Riley uh, and Huey. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> you got John Witherspoon, who was Granddad Freeman. Uh, Gary Anthony Williams played Uncle Ruckus. Uh, you had Cedric Yarborough as Tom Dubois. Uh, Jill Talley as Sarah Dubois. And a few other great cast members, i.e. Carl Jones as 
Thug Thugnificent. Uh, Edwanto the second, or the, excuse me, the third was Charlie Murphy, and then uh, you get a couple of other well knowns out there. Okay, so why should you care about this show? What was so important about this show? Well, there's a few things, but there's there's I don't know. I I remember the social commentary from the comic strips. So I already knew coming into it becoming a show. Oh, it it had to come in like hard and hitting. So why was this important uh when you start talking about uh changing the medium from from comic, you know, two-dimensional to throwing it up on a screen. Uh so things I already knew that we were going to get like topic wise the characters there was a lot of characters that were being played uh you get the various black identities that is within the black community uh this comic had already touched on as as a as a comic strip touched on uh themes of cultural appropriation gentrification race relations of all things uh so i knew coming in one that this was going to be played on adult swim so you knew it was about to be a dope series uh and second that uh cartoonist Aaron Magruder would was, was going to give us something that was great uh and so thinking about the satire of following this family known as the Freemans uh we got to follow them from about 2005 to 2014 and this is like the most recent uh black cartoon that I can refer to that upset a lot of people let me tell you a lot of people um so you you had thug you know thug magnificent gangstalicious and it wants a little third uh you had a small child right riley right uh huey's younger brother who's like eight years old but he's a wannabe gangster you've got the intellectual militant huey uh that's doing everything i mean you heard you heard huey talking uh in that first scene uh that i let you listen to right that you know jesus was black <laughs> blah 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 and, and this is all a dream and so what i remember about this first episode in 2005 was that i was a little older and i got the subcontext of the the show and man, watching that first scene before you get those opening credits, I was already hooked. I was ready for the next 30 minutes, uh, and it didn't let me down. Now, it got kind of sketched there somewhere in those the third season, uh, but overall, this was a very strong cartoon. It was a very strong, socially conscious cartoon, and I'd recommend it for anybody, and I say anybody, Uh it didn't hold no punches it didn't matter if you were r kelly it didn't matter if you were having a cameo with uh <laughs> with a whole bunch of people man i this show actually had like cameos from a lot of people uh just to, i don't know just to keep stuff in mind like it, it keeps you very conscious about how you say what you say how you come across the image and so I like the fact that it had a spectrum, like a whole spectrum of characters that was just very diverse and had a very distinct thing about them. And I know there are certain people that uh, equate, right, uh, the 
the the bigotry of Uncle Ruckus, no relation, right? Uh, that this was a black man, right? Uncle Ruckus hated black people, which is interesting enough. Uh, basically, he's <laughs> he's basically saying that he was adopted white male with a disease called revitiligo. Um, and then you had someone such as Tom Dubois that was kind of that an offense attorney, but he was kind of living in that middle, right, that middle class space uh, where he is, has a biracial daughter named Jasmine. And then you've got Granddad that is like that old school dude, right, that's basically just like hood to the max, but he's becoming he, he's growing older right now he's got his grandkids uh so i know that this show pissed off a lot of people um that's to include right tyler perry didn't hold no punches right talking about hurricane katrina george w bush obviously r kelly uh it it was willing to push the boundaries and we just don't get shows like that anymore uh, so I'm hoping the show comes back. I I'm hoping that uh, Magruder uh, does most just just does more because this show was uh, a great asset. And while right, I said it was kind of sketched there in the third season. Um, it, it really started to change in the fourth season um, and fifth final season, uh, and. I just want something that speaks to us again. Um, this was a great show. And so there are my hats off to Magruder and his ability to focus us in on certain highlights of social commentary, especially that dealing with oppression of minorities and social and economic structures in inner city versus uh, the suburbs and just just a great venue to and vehicle to talk about things of the day now up next i am going to be talking about the greatness the wonderfulness that is the proud family so strap in have some fun and let's take a little break Be myself, you're more than anybody else. And every day, as a man, not just you know, there's no one I love as much as you. Family, proud family. Yo, so proud family is a Disney concoction that ran from 2001 to 2005. Uh, it focuses on the adventures of Penny Proud. She's about 16 years old and kind of navigates through her early years of teendom. Uh, so you get basically two great seasons. <laughs> uh, it's another show that didn't last very long. So 2001, it was a 30-minute show, TVY, uh, and you're following Penny and her friends. So Kayla Pratt, uh, played Penny Proud. You had Joe Marie Payton, that name should sound familiar, as Sugar Mama. Uh, you had 
Paula Jai Parker as Trudy Pride, Tommy Davidson as Oscar Proud, and a whole star-studded cast. Now, why was this show important? Well, one, it ran on the Disney Channel. And so this was running in and around the same time as you're getting that. So Raven, um, you're starting to get, right, a little more culturally appropriate, I suppose, um, cartoons. And so this was kind of the, the what I remember of Disney uh, tapping into something different. So you get this wacky family. You get these, uh, the hardcore grandmother, right? Sugar Mama Maggio Madea, if there wasn't ever a chance. And then you've got a a bunch of fun and <laughs> amazing friends, uh, right? Dijanae Jones, Sticky Web, Zoe, hey, like this show is just memorable in itself because it was different from anything else of its time and to me that was important by itself because Disney was running a whole bunch of other stuff uh so this was the first time I remember really uh Disney representation right doing representation um of all the other shows on at the right time right I remember oh man what what else was on because for some reason I've got oh, I've got a whole bunch of different cartoons that are out there uh that are like Kim Possible. There there's all these other shows that uh shows strong white female shows the superhero, all of them of uh the same ethnicity. So this is the one I remember. Um, the animated show and then it did have uh, a movie um, now you've, you've got it on streaming on Disney Plus so I, I really hope uh, that people take a look at this because it was it was a it was a different show of its time now some of the topics that even this show was willing to jump into right LGBTQ rights um, talks about some uh, toxic masculinity in it uh, so you've got <laughs> You, you you got uh, a couple of Penny's friends, right? Uh, Michael, he's a flamboyant designer and fashionista. Uh, he's often called a sissy. Uh, you get some real topics um, to be had. Uh, why I focus in on the series is obviously because uh, it was talking about women and girls empowerment. Um, there There's a, a lot of interaction between Trudy, Grandma, Zoe, uh, and all the girls, um, unfortunately, Oscar is surrounded by women. And so I fell in love with this because you you had a whole bunch of strong women. Even though you still had a strong uh, male in the home, uh, you could, y you, you still had women there to kind of pave the way, right? Teach these women that it's okay to be whatever way you want to be. Uh, you had a uh, different commentary about body image, body diversity. And so this was something I was talking about yesterday, talking about Nutty Professor, right? That body image, that body differences. And so I like the show because it also had uh, a different array of body types. And that was important to portray. Um, you also, of course, like any other show, it's it was talking about racial, uh, racial stereotyping, prejudices, uh, and was willing to dive into some of these topics that would have been applicable to the culture um, of those people. So, I like this show. Check it out. It, it, I learned some lessons from the show because 
well why not um i i learned about a lot so my hats go off but before i jump onto a different topic i want to talk about one of my favorite scenes from this so uh proud family uh <laughs> the movie disney's proud family movie had a dance off and so i just wanted to play this quick this quick clip uh because i fell in love with that movie uh mainly because of this dance scene Yo, Zoe killed this dance off. Uh, and she served him. Let's just throw it out there. Zoe, Zoe can dance. She can shake it. She can shake it a little bit. Alright, so we're gonna jump into our next topic, which is one of my favorite animated movies because it doesn't get enough love and why not? I am talking about the 1992 sensation Baby's Kids. that you and I never get together again, never. But for me to lie on you, I'd have to care about you. And believe me, I don't give a damn about neither one of y'all. That's why I wear my ring on the wrong finger, because I married the wrong woman. Mm. Hair look like the back of a toaster. Your mama. My mama? Yeah, your whole family. Ain't that a look at you. Mama so old, she was there first day of slavery. Your mama so old, she older than your grandmama. Your mama so fat, she on both sides of the family. That's okay, your mama's so dumb, she thought a quarterback was a refund. Oh, ain't that look. Your mama's so dumb, they told her it was chilly outside, she wouldn't got a bowl. Ready <laughs> <laughs> to go, baby. Yeah, so this is Baby's Kids, 1992. So, you've got Fazan Love uh, as Robin Harris. You've got Vanessa Bill Calloway as Jamaica. Robin Harris as himself. Uh, Wayne Collins as Leon. Janelle Green as LaShawn. Marcus Houston as Khalil. And Tone Loke as Pee Wee. Myra J. Dorothea. Uh, Neil Carter as Vivian. And John Witherspoon as card player number one. Now, there's a whole bunch of other people in this movie. But what most don't originally know is that. Uh, this movie, Baby's Kid, was basically based on a comedic stand-up by Robin Harris uh, that he did. And it's basically talking about his first date uh, with a wonderful, beautiful girl named Jamaica, uh, who has a son. And just so happens to, when he's getting ready for this date, he comes over and he meets these wonderful ghetto fabulous children uh <laughs> uh baby's kids who are obnoxious and just just yeah uh but the whole point is it centers around him taking these these uh children and his date to 
fun world. Now, the funny part about this one in the movie is obviously that you get the back and forth, uh, you know, the the comedy gold of your mama jokes uh, in the bathroom with uh, Robin Harris's ex-wife and the current one, uh, current date. Uh, but this movie was, again, funny, social commentary, very important for its time. And why do I bring it up? Because this is the first movie I remember, 1992, again, giving my age. I was all of the age of seven. So this one was really important to me because um, I was watching this at the same time as I was watching other uh, animated films, right? So I'm, I've got the Disney movies, Aladdin, um, insert the Little Mermaid. Um, but this is the one where I was watching it alongside uh, Who Framed Rod- Roger Rabbit. Uh, and I fell in love with the baby characters. There's something, I don't, I don't know if this, the, the baby was supposed to be taken out of a, another context, but I fell in love with the baby. So uh, I came across this movie called Baby's Kid on VHS tape, and I had the opportunity to watch it. And so what most don't know was that um, this was released out and Baby's Kid was considered a box office bomb. Uh, but somehow, some way, it became a cult classic. And I'm so glad that it did. Uh, what is interesting about this was that many of the animators who were on the Proud family alongside Baby's Kid's director uh, went on... Uh, to do other animated films. Uh, So what I love about this is that, again, representation not only mattered, uh, what was great for this was that it kind of propelled others. Uh, Some of those names uh, you'll get um, is out there. But what I loved about this film uh, was that it was a predominantly black cast um, in an animated film. Uh, Who proceeded to animate so I think it's the first, and I think that was the, the important part of this one, uh, was that this was the first animated film with an all-black cast. Uh, I know the second one was The Princess and the Frog, uh, but again, representation matters. Uh, but then you'll get other things like, obviously, um, some of these writers and directors going on to create other shows, i.e. The Boondocks. There's a reason why I was kind of going in this direction. Um this movie set it off and it gave us such one-liners as we don't die we multiply uh so why do we care even more about this movie as far as like a cultural impact well as far as i know i knew some baby's kids right i it was so relatable um i don't think i paid attention at the time how relatable it actually was like i saw myself uh in the characters and and by I say the characters is because I was not a baby's kids by any means I identify more with Leon who was kind of like the mild-mannered kid that came almost from like the suburbs and you got these hood cousins and friends and you did not fit in and then you know through some hilarious situations he's he becomes part of the the crew he's becomes part of the kids and uh it takes through adversity right you you get these moments 
Uh, so uh, I like the continuous of this movie because you do get uh, another part of the culture. Uh, you get that mix of social economic statuses. Uh, you got some social commentary all out of the wazoo, uh, especially these things that you're seeing from the cops, right? Policing, uh, the <laughs> fun world, which is a take on Disneyland, all those dang rules, uh, racial profiling, um, just stereotypes and other things were addressed in this, you know, this short, to me, it was a, it was a short movie, uh, I know it only lasted about an hour and 12 minutes. So it was PG-13 and written by Robin Harris and Reginald Hudlin uh, and directed by Bruce W. Smith. Uh, So I would tell you to please, please, please check this movie out. It is an oldie but goodie. I'm trying to find it on DVD, which I don't know if I will ever find on dvd that's not over a hundred thousand dollars uh but this movie uh got some nominations got a win so it was in 1992 it got a nomination uh for best animated feature uh for the annie awards also won uh best casting of for animated voiceover uh winner and uh was a nominee for the for best sound editing and animated feature uh golden reel award so it, it had some, it's got some, got some legs under it. Uh, I think you will like the movie. I think you will like a representation of the 90s and, and some of the social commentary that was being brought out by the movie. And so this is where I ended today. As always, I'm sending peace, love, positivity, and good vibes. Thank you to everyone that has made an impact on animated films, voiceovers, and everything else. We, I thank you. We thank you. And as always, I'm sending peace, love, positive, and vibes. I'll say that again. Peace.